If you could come up with the one ideal asset for your money, what would it be? Coming up next. Welcome back to another edition of the Cash Compound Podcast. I'm Jay Du. And I'm Jonah. And we're talking today about the ideal asset. We think we've discovered it and where we're going to save and store our dollars. We're going to argue and debate about that a little bit because I want Jonah to tell us on this episode of the podcast. I'm ready. Why in the world we would use this particular asset above all the other financial vehicles out there. Jonah, are you ready for that? I'm ready. So this is actually a, a funny thing to talk about. So here's what I mean. The first time I ever heard this, I never thought of the question posed this way, but since hearing it, I've posed this question a few times to a few people. So I'll do it now for you. Okay. If you had to describe your ideal place to store money, how would you describe it? No one had ever asked me that. And so I had never thought through it, Mm. but now that I have been asked it and I kind of know some of the answers to what I'd, I'd ask, it's a crazy question. And if people really think about it, they start to realize that all the places they're currently putting the money is is kind of trash. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna start with an asset that I thought was an asset for most of my adolescence and adult life because I was so undereducated with finances, and that's because of yo mama. Okay, that yeah, and yo mama as well. Oh, that's true. We're related. Okay. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, maybe that's a question that we need to ask you out there. How would you describe? The ideal asset and the features, functions of that asset. And you know our boy Caleb Williams out there in Colorado actually pointed I mean pointed that question he pointed a book toward that question. He did. Specifically. It's called the And Asset Out There. So shameless plug for someone else's uh, material out there because we love Caleb and hopefully soon we'll be back at one of his masterminds. He's asked us to be a part of that on multiple occasions. So here's the thing. I grew up in an environment thinking that the bank was the ideal place. Was a good was a good place to put it. I because agree. it was a whole lot better than me putting it. I had a piggy bank growing up. I don't know if you remember. I had a piggy bank that had my name on it. Uh, it was a clear glass piggy bank. I had my name on it. Man. Had it for a long, I'd have long, to see a long picture. time. I don't remember. And so I think it was I a do lot remember, but I Okay. I also had a Ninja Turtles wallet. Oh, I think I remember it was purple. No, not purple. Okay, Ninja Turtles wallet, and you know what? We found it on eBay. Our friend that we have who's close by, an office friend close by, you know okay. who it is, of course. Sure. I was having that conversation with her, and she decided to buy it for me as a gag gift or something like that, and I oh. gave it to my son. So my son has the exact same purple plastic wallet. That's, that's fun. And that was not the ideal asset for me because the moment I bought that wallet the first time when I was a kid, I never had any money ever again to put in it. I used the money to buy it. Never again had money to store in the wallet. So I thought it was just the bank because that was a safe place to have money. And they did give you an interest rate in there. At the time I started saving money, it was probably near 2 I remember, I remember three, when the rates 2%. on checking and savings accounts were relatively high. Even the first few times that I went and got a bank account, yeah. it was one, two, three. I yeah, something that. like that. Yeah. Right. And then I had they went to online banks. And then it was in the nineties. Y'all remember ING Direct? Yeah, it was really high. There yeah, was, six. Yeah. I got six in there. It was big. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. So the ideal asset for us for such a long time, being undereducated financially, was literally whatever they told us at HR after that. It first started out with the bank, because that's what mom said. Shout out to mom out there. I hope she does listen to this, doesn't she? I think so. How often do I make fun of her? I don't know. 
but she'll, I think she does listen. So she probably hey, doesn't. She probably doesn't know how to comment. So it's that's right. fine. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about. So how would I describe it? Well, I would need some. Well, that's what we're going to pose yeah. to everybody. But how would you throw it in the comments? How, where were you always saving your dollars prior to understanding the fundamentals of the save and spend system? The save and spend system uses a product we're about to reveal to you once again, and that's what we love to highlight and talk about on all of our channels. So shout out to our folks out there watching us right now, probably on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to The Cash Compound. Of course, like and give us a review on the podcast platform that you like to get your streaming stuff. And we're on Y-T-T-T-I-G-F-B. Did I miss any? I have, I don't know. I've never, I hadn't heard the acronyms like that all put together. Well, they rhyme, and that's what I'm all about. Yep. Okay. So we are going to talk, ladies and gentlemen, now about the thing that we believe is the ideal asset. And we're going to ask you a few questions about it before we get going. The ideal asset is going to be whole life insurance, ladies and gentlemen. Whole life insurance. And whole life insurance probably has a stigma in your mind already. Yeah, a lot of people and it's probably do. not the ideal asset for you in your mind. I agree with a lot, a lot. I agree with that stigma because I, if you don't know, you just don't know. I think that comes into effect in a lot of different places. But also that word at the end, whole life insurance, throws people throws people for a loop because they know a thing or two about insurance. Think about it. Everyone's required once you, you know, turn 15, 16, you start driving, Mm -hmm. you're required to go get insurance on your vehicle. If you've rented before, own a home, you know about that insurance. Maybe they offer you insurance every time you buy the computer, buy the TV, buy the telephone, which you probably turn down or don't want or whatever. You go buy a car, they say, oh, you need to buy insurance from us, gap insurance, whatever. There's all these types of insurance. And so you think you have, you think you know something about insurance. So when you hear whole life insurance, you immediately categorize it in the category of all the other insurances that you know. Things you don't need, things you don't want to have to pay for. Yep. And some of the stigmas around it specifically, not just generally about insurance, have to do with things here that if you're hitting us up on a video, you're probably going to see this screen. So that's one reason you might want to subscribe to some of our channels. Is it's expensive. Jonah, it has poor returns. It's a bad investment, and Lord knows it's got high fees and commissions for that's, all those people trying to sell it to you. That's what they say. I, I can say something else about them. I, the thing about I'm going to highlight just one. It's the first one. It's expensive. I, I think this is the worst argument you can have for something. It's expensive. Well, guess what? Owning a home costs more money than renting a home, but no one goes around saying you should never buy a house because it's expensive. Right. That's a good point. And of course, the more you pay for something, Normally, by definition, the, the higher quality it is, the more you, you value it, yeah, the, the more value it pay. is. There's all right. sorts of these mm-hmm. acronyms and things about paying actual money for things. But yet when it comes to insurance, oh, it's expensive. Like it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it's just a terrible argument in my mind. Like, do you go to the cheap restaurant or do you go to the really nice restaurant? Well, it's expensive. And then people go, oh, well, it's expensive. Well, duh, it's the nice one. I, I don't understand the argument. It's Where's just a, the beef? They put real terrible, meat in there. Real yeah, meat. A terrible argument. And yet there's a lot of actually high-profile people who use that argument. So that is their main argument. It's more expensive. And I go, yeah, everything better, nicer is, is basically more expensive. That's how this works. Ford versus Ferrari, right? The movie right. came out. Now, they both get you from point A to point B. Absolutely. So why in the world would you want a Ferrari then if Ford will get you there cheaper? Because it's better. It's nicer. There you go. It does some different things. It's your style. Exactly. Okay, so here's the question. What if there were a lot more to it? What if there were a lot more to this 
ideal asset than just the things that you've already thought about or think you know that just ain't so. Okay, let's talk about the eight ideals. Jonah, I'm going to give these ideals to you, and I want you to explain them. Some of them have a lot of crossover. Some of them have a lot of overlap, and part of the reason for that is because it's the same asset. Right. It's the and asset, as our friend Caleb would say. Okay, so there's lots of things about it that kind of cross over, and I just want you to help folks understand. We're going to give it a big title category, but you just throw off some of the things that it is in terms of those eight ideals. So I got to go back really quick to the original question. Okay. If you could pick between your ideal asset, if you could imagine in your own brain the best possible place, you got to be realistic. You can't pick stuff that doesn't exist. Okay. But the best possible place to put your money, I remember I told you I had never really thought of it like that. But the first time someone asked me or I heard someone talk about it, I really started to think about it. And I went, oh, my goodness, this is such a powerful and good question. It really is. Because if you really sit down and think about it, the eight ideals that we're about to go through, all of these things you would pick. If you really had to get down to it, this is what you'd pick and this is how you'd pick it. Now, you might need some help with the eight categories. I would have needed help with the categories. Mm. Like as I think about where I put my money, I might have named one or two things, but I would have really I needed I would have need some prompting. Like, well, what about taxes? Well, what about does that make sense? Right. I would have needed because some we would be thinking about what we could do with the money and not like the cat- exactly. characteristics of the asset. Exactly. We would think but about once look, someone would have prompted yeah. me with yeah. taxes, I would have answered the exact way we're about to answer. Let's go. Let's you get see, into you it. See what then. I'm saying, yeah, and I think I love that's it. really powerful. Okay, the first one is. Guarantees. Absolutely. Tell us about that and why. Yeah, well, again, if you had to pick a spot to put your money, would you pick fluctuation? Think about all the money that you make, all the money that you've always had and and made, right? When you started working at 16 or 18 or 21, those Christmas bonuses, those tax returns, those commission checks, if you have to if you have to put it somewhere, would you pick somewhere where the money's guaranteed or where it's not guaranteed? where you know that there's going to be increase there or that it's possible. Maybe, fingers crossed, fluctuation, up, down, left, right. Like, what would you actually pick? And I think the majority of people absolutely pick guarantees. Why in the world would I work my whole life, make all this money, and then put it in a place where I could... There was a hole in the bottom of the bucket. There was a hole in the bucket. No one picks that. Right. Right. Now, again, I'm not trying to point out or or poke fun or or say you're goofy for doing investments. That's a little of a different category. But I'm saying all the money that you earn, like you work hard for this money, you need it to be there Saturday so you can pay the phone bill, but you put it in a place with a hole in the bottom of the bucket, no one would would choose that. I love it. Guarantee. So some of those things specifically in whole life insurance, remember that when you're buying insurance, you're giving the insurance company your money. That's called premium. And those premiums are level. It's a guarantee. So over the course of your whole life in this asset, you never have to increase the amount that you give them month after month, year after year, as you age, as you get older, uglier, fatter. You don't have to do that. There's a guarantee there. Cash value, the pool of money that you can borrow against from your totals, the equity portion that you can get loans from, from the insurance company is there. Also guaranteed. Guaranteed to increase, ladies and gentlemen, and your death benefit. The types of policies we put together for people in the infinite banking world, the save and spend policies, there's also increase on those death benefits as well. They don't even stay level. There's guaranteed to increase because of how the policy is built. Yep. 
Love it. Moving on, here's the next one. Jonah, give it to us. Constant compounding. Again, I'm going to come at it from the angle of if you had to choose, if you really got to pick, when someone asked you, well, what about growth? What would you pick? Everyone would choose consistent, constant, uninterrupted, whatever you want to call it, compounding. That's what you'd pick. Why would I pick some years I make extra money or it compounds and some years it doesn't? No one would pick that. You'd pick, I want it to grow, right? Yeah. I want it to get bigger. Each and every year I want it to get bigger. In fact, not only do I just want it to get bigger, I want it to get bigger on a new amount on the you know, does that make sense? So right. like compound um, interest, as, compound opposed interest as opposed to simple interest. interest or That's no interest. what you'd pick. Again, I'm trying to be clear. You might need help on the category prompting. I, I was in that boat. But if someone asked you, well, what about compounding? How would you like it? And you got to pick. You choose constant compound. <laughs> I was going to say compound interest, but I, it's constant compounding. There we go. That's what you choose. And, of course, that applies to whole life insurance as well. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that when we also borrow against the value of money that we've purchased or death benefit, we borrow against that, and that category of money is called cash value that can be loaned against from the insurance company. We can remove it from cup two, as we are always showing you in some of our visuals. We say constant compounding because the compounding won't be interrupted. That's right. We're borrowing against our policy and not taking out any of our money that keeps earning. Very important. Jonah, number three, how about liquidity? Yeah. Again, from the angle of if you got to choose, would you choose an account, a plan, a program where the money was locked, where you could not access it? In order to get all these other benefits, you must wait 5, 10, 15, 20 years before you get the money. Or if you could pick, you'd want all of these benefits and the ability to use liquid cash. Anyone thinking would choose liquidity, right? They'd go, yeah, 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 I can get this benefit and have liquid cash. Of course, I'd choose that. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about cash value inside of infinite banking whole life policies. Remember that liquidity also allows you especially in long-term later years or retirement, to be able to take withdrawals from this account as well. We don't yep. talk about that much because most people need to be thinking about that as a long-term retirement type right. strategy. And most of us are in the accumulation phase of this asset and we're getting started with it. But withdrawals are totally legitimate. You can take your money back out because cash value is not your money. It's the money the insurance company has for you. That's right. Now, Jonah, that reminds me of our investment. Can you tell us about some of our other products in the financial world that we review and help simplify for people right now. Yeah, so we actually did an investment video recently about the Roth IRA. And in this investment, we actually are able to explain what's happening inside that Roth IRA in 60 seconds. You should take a listen. So, are you ready for it in under 60 seconds? Here's your investment. A Roth IRA is funded with after-tax contributions and provides tax-free earnings, growth, and tax-free withdrawals. However, unlike a traditional IRA, there are no income tax deductions allowed for Roth contributions. Subscribe to my channel and join me for my next investment for a quick breakdown of traditional IRAs. We're back, Jonah, to talk about the next ideal, and it is flexibility. I love it. So, 
Again, if you had to choose, if you got to pick, what would you choose? Would you choose? No, you can only, this is a great account that we've made up so far, three categories, but you can only add, you know, $100 a month into this account. Mm. Can't put any more than that. Right. Nobody would choose that. Like want, that Roth I, IRA we just heard yeah, about. I would want unlimited contributions That's to dope. this. I'm going to put as much money as I want to, right? What about the flexibility to take cash? Oh, you can take cash out, but only if you spend it on education. Or nope. only up to fifty grand, like that four hundred one k or exactly. something. Exactly, right. and you wouldn't choose that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many flexible options when you think about infinite banking policies, and we are calling this uh, podcast and this episode the ideal asset because if you really thought about and be and were able to structure your own account, this magic place where you could put your dollars, anyone would choose unlimited flexibility. They choose flexibility in all the areas that we're talking about here. And of course, that's how whole life works as well. I love it. Okay, Jonah, what we're going to do now is going to our quote of the week. And uh, our friend out there, well, uh, you haven't met this cat yet, but he's a real cool dude. He's Dr. Tom Wall, and he's got a PhD in retirement planning. That's pretty wild, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Right. That sounds pretty good. I'd love to get a PhD in retirement planning. It, I love it. So he's got a quote from his book called Permission to Spend. It's a wonderful book. I suggest you go get that. That's the second time we're plugging somebody else's book. I love it. Maybe we should Out write there. our own book. Maybe. Maybe. Uh-oh. Nice. Message. Y'all old enough for that one? Okay, here we go. All right. Eliminate your fear from retirement, he says. Minimize taxes, take control, and gain permission to spend. That's kind of the big, big subtitle of the book. You will be afraid to spend. Here's the quote. Millions of Americans are under enjoying their retirement because they're afraid of the what ifs that could derail their best laid plans. And I think, Jonah, that comes into play because they have saved or invested or risked their money in less than ideal assets. Let's jump back in. What's our next ideal asset on our list of eight ideal assets? If you got to choose What's our next one? What could it be? The passive income stream. The passive income stream, ladies and gentlemen, is a liquid pool of cash that you don't have to go work for. If I could put my money in a place that was going to help me alleviate the need to go out there and hunt for food every single day, every single time I put more money in, that would be an ideal asset. So remember, your whole life insurance plan here, used as a banking system, is going to kick off dollars for you without effort. That's right. And everything that I had to do up to this point, I sure had to do a lot of effort to go get. That's right. This is going to be a passive stream of dollars, residually coming in and growing on scale, as we already told you. You know, the other day I took a phone call, And kind of the first question that the young lady asked me on the phone call, she actually asked me about taxes. She said, how does that work? So actually it was, it was a tax question, but it was a little bit of like a, like a privacy question. She was, she was asking me if I apply for the whole life insurance policy, get started with infinite banking, are they running a credit check? Mm. Is it showing up on credit karma? Mm. That's what she was using. I think that's the free one as opposed to Equifax or Experian or whatever. And how does that work? Because she's actually in the process of purchasing a house. And if you know anything about buying a house, you cannot do anything else with your credit while you buy a house. Don't go to Best Buy at all when you're trying to purchase. I mean, it's wild, the things that you cannot do when you're trying to purchase a house. Because if anyone touches your credit, your whole your whole world comes crashing down. And I think that actually plays a part into the next 
asset. Oh, it does. That we're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, privacy. privacy. You brought it up right there. And so special thanks and shout out to the folks who get one-on-one cash consultations with us. Remember, those are free. And us, as well as a team of coaches on our squad here, all who practice the save and spend system or infinite banking personally, will answer your questions about getting started. So if you have privacy questions... We're going to help you understand that there is creditor protection protection in most to all states. Yep. Liens, judgments, divorces even, you're going to have this as a private asset that other folks can't take away from you. And there's not a lot of regulation around it. Remember, this is unqualified money. That's good. And everything else that you're doing out there, probably from HR, is qualified money. That's why they have all the numbers next to those names, because it's right. really government tax code. Yeah, so I answered this young lady's question by saying this is a private asset. Private assets aren't showing up on Credit Karma, right? When they go to run your credit again so you can go get this house that you wanted, it's life. your life insurance loan balance isn't on there. They don't know anything about life insurance. It's, it's private. And that was actually really awesome for her. And, of course, from the privacy question, the credit question, it rolled right into the tax question, right, which most people ask. So, so again, I'll ask you. You get to imagine for yourself the perfect place has to be realistic, has to be real features where you can put your money and someone prompts you with the idea of taxes. What would you choose? Are you choosing tax deferred, meaning you just have to pay it later? Are you choosing tax free, meaning you don't have to pay it at all? Right? Does this make sense? Um, you? Or are you, choo- you know, as some sort of in between? What would you choose? Well, out of those things, if I understood the question, or as they used to say on TikTok, understood the assignment, yep. follow us, I the banking the bros. <laughs> there we go. I'm going tax free. So let's help you understand that. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jake at State Farm shows up like a good neighbor and hands you that check, is that a taxable deal? Sure isn't. Sure isn't. Okay. A tree fell on your car. They give you that, and you bought against the risk of the loss. Now there's been a loss. That dollar is not income. Uncle Sam is coming from income in the first quarter of the year. That's right. Life insurance does not qualify as income at all. Tax-free growth, tax-free distributions, as long as we're utilizing it in the infinite banking world or the save and spend system, and we're borrowing against a policy that we still have. Okay? So technically it is tax-deferred if we um, suspend keeping our policy, and there's been lots of growth. If you don't understand what we're saying, stick to the loans and keep your policy in force. Then there's no problem. It'll be tax-free use of the money. You know, I've learned a lot about taxes after getting started with infinite banking Mm -hmm. and helping a lot of people with infinite banking. And here are two of the biggest takeaways that I've learned about taxes. One, right now we're recording this podcast in the year 2024. I don't know when you're listening to it. Could be 2025, 2026. But right now, it's 2024. And right now, we are in a super historically low tax bracket. So I actually... Tax environment. Tax environment. Yeah. I apologize. Tax environment. So what I did actually is looked up the tax environments going back to like 1920 or something. Right. And these taxes used to be (laughs) ridiculous. I think the highest tax bracket right now... 90 plus percent. 90 plus percent. I forget what it is. I have to go look again. But it started with a nine. Yeah. It started with a... Income tax, 90%. Per, what in the world? I was like, my goodness. Now, of course, right now, our highest tax bracket is like 37 or something. Right. So can you imagine the, tom fool, the tomfoolery? They've had it at 90 before. We're at 30. So we're in a really low 
historical tax environment. The second thing that I've learned about taxes is this deferring taxes until you're grown or until you're retired, 55, 59 and a half, 60, 65, whatever, is a terrible idea for two reasons. One, they can change the taxes on you by that time. So you're deferring it to later and you don't know if the taxes are going to be higher. And the second thing is when you're older and you're taking all this money as income and so you'll have to pay income tax, you don't have any of your deductions anymore because you're older. All the big deductions happen when you're uh, young, when adult. you're younging, when you're young, exactly like 20, 30, 40, that's Kids, all your big houses. Deductions. Yeah. So now you're old, you have to take income. Sometimes they force you into taking income just depending on what type of plan you have. Uh, you have to pay income taxes. They can change it on you. And historically, they have changed it a bunch of times, and it has been so high. And then you you run out of your Remember, on top of that, something we always ask when we're doing live presentations out there, hit us up if you want us to come to your town or you want to know the next time we're in your neck of the woods. So we help people understand that the dollars that you place inside tax-deferred situations and assets today or liabilities go down in value. There's right. inflation. Those dollars bought a whole lot more stuff back in the day. Sure did. Okay. Here is our last one. Number eight. This one contradicts uh, one of the things we said at the beginning that most people think about. Yeah. It contradicts it. Actually, a whole life insurance policy has a high savings rate. It does. And the reason for that, ladies and gentlemen, is because you didn't hear what I just said. It's not an investment. It's a savings environment. Shout out to our friends at Factum Financial and Kyle, who helped us kind of make those distinctions that this is a savings environment. So it's actually a very high rate of savings. We're not talking about investment returns. That's a big deal. So again, if you're like me, you probably needed help with the categories. But if someone were to ask you, describe the perfect place where you want to put your money and they prompted you with some categories or let you think about the categories. I don't know anyone who would choose other answers or other options than what we've just explained to you. No way are you saying, do you want guaranteed or not guaranteed? And someone picks not guaranteed. And they're really trying to make an ideal place where they can put their money. No way. No way does someone say, do you want constant compounding or do you want it to be interrupted and only grow sometimes? People don't choose that stuff, right? So we've just gone through eight different categories where ideally, if you really sat down to think about it, you'd want to put your money and a lot of it in these categories. And that's what we're saying to you about whole life insurance. It's actually one of the best, if not the best, place to park your dollars, save yours, and spend someone else's at the same time. And that's what we teach people each and every day using our save and spend system and our three-cup setup to help you understand that. Hope you've enjoyed those ideal places. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to shout out to a few folks out there. Right now, we have got some folks we'd like to say hey to. We're always finding new people following us on all of our platforms. And Jonah, who we'd like to shout out to today? So today, we want to give a quick shout out to Tony Kaufman. He is a recent follower on Instagram, IG. What's up, Tony? Thanks for following us. If you see the podcast episode here, or if you're listening to it, go ahead and leave us a a message. Send us a comment. Send us a DM on IG. We wanted to say hello to you. If you've got any specific questions, we absolutely want to answer them. And thank you so much for following. We appreciate it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you want the ideal asset in your life, please click the links in the bio and connect with us at The Cash Compound. We're the banking bros, and we're helping people with code, crack, and cash flow all the time. We'd love to have that free consultation with you on the phone so we can help set you up with the proper savings environment with growth, with flexibility, with guarantees, super private, of course. I mean, I won't tell anybody. Right. And we'll pass it on to your family, income tax-free as well. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cash Compound Podcast. Find out more about cracking the code to cash flow on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, or wherever you listen to your financial future facts. To visit us online, go to thecashcompound.com or thebankingbros.com. And to join us at our next live event online or in person, Go to our websites.